Hi, welcome to your new favorite podcast. From London to LA. Join us, your House of Flavor host. Come on, we need more energy for this. Welcome to your new favorite podcast. From London to LA, join us, the House of Flavor hosts with... Me, Chef M. And me, Miss May, as we explore what to bite down on. And what not to bite down on. In the world of food. Culinary news. And trends. (laughs) And trends. Hot mess. Let's go. Microphone check, check. Microphone checker. Hi everyone. How is everyone? What is going on? Yes. Uh, I was, um, usually it's me that has all these like um, life revelations and breakdowns <laughs> before we start taping. Um, but I was doing my day job um, while we were getting ready to record and I was reading a menu at a venue that I'm planning to use for an event. Um, I was doing the menu. I asked Chef Marcus if he's ever had a faggot before. <laughs> and his response was like shock, horror, and then very swift, no. <laughs> and I told her to shut up. Yeah, don't just shut up. And then I was a bit like, really? I wasn't expecting that response. So he came back and I was like, no, you've never had a faggot. And he said, no. <laughs> and then he said, in what context? I said, you've never eaten a faggot. He said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and then I realized that faggots, which is, you know, widely known food in yes, the UK is. and Europe, it's not necessarily widely known around the rest of the world. Nope. Um, so a little bit of Google and a little bit of education <laughs> and you know chef marcus now knows that faggots can come with seasonal green peas and vegetables <laughs> and a creamy mashed potato which is exactly on the menu i was reading and here's the ironic thing about um being served faggots um they are served two at a time and <laughs> <laughs> they are balls of meat yeah on the plate it's just so ironic. Filthy irony. It is filthy irony. It's yeah. fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> now you've learned something else. Welcome to uh, culin- global culinary education. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome to the bite down. Yeah. Which, I, do you know what? I think that transitions really easily onto, um, we were talking about restaurant chains <clears throat> and Chef Marcus was, coming up with a really cool idea for a new segment that we were talking about possibly introducing into the bite down. And he went through a list of, you know, 10 restaurant chains and whether we should think people would want to bite down or not bite down. And when he started going through this list, I <laughs> kind of say to him, um, our audience is not just in the USA. And he's uh-uh. like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, no, most of these places are not global chains. They are just on every corner in America. Yeah, and I, I, my ignorance of just thinking that because they have been around for ages, would think that they were definitely in the UK somewhere. Just yeah. because they're in <laughs> Berlin, they're in you know the UAE or MENA. It's like all of these other foreign places 
where tourists exist, you'll have these particular chains. But, but it's, it's really funny things like, you know, Beyonce made Red Lobster, you know, quite a popular place to visit when she um, sang about it in one of her songs. When he could I take his to Red Lobster. Um, but we don't have Red Lobster in the UK. Like, it's not a thing for us. We don't know about the Red Lobster biscuits. Like, it, we just don't have Red Lobster. Uh, I'll pose it this way. And most of the um, UA, US listeners will understand this particular phrase of it. Do you have ghettos in the UK? Yes. Huh. We have ghettos in the UK. Okay, because if you said no, then that would clearly understand or make the clear statement of why you don't have Red Lobster. No, I disagree. <laughs> Yo, I mean... Red Lobster is is not a fantastic, you know, culinary experience. But most, and this is, sorry, I, everyone knows I'm British, he's American. Mm, there's always a war of something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Most of the restaurants... Do you want to go through the list of restaurants? Let just people hear the the quick fire list of restaurants we were discussing. <laughs> and then I was just like, I, I don't even class them as restaurants. <laughs> like They're just places to get food. Yeah, so there's the Cheesecake Factory. We don't have Cheesecake Factory in the Europe. No, and I, I Googled it. I almost challenged her on this. I almost was willing to bet that there was a Cheesecake Factory there, but I was proved wrong. Google gave me the emphatic... Nope. <laughs> they didn't even just say no, it's not there. They just said nope. Nope. You won't find cheesecake in the UK. Um, we went down the list of PF Chang's. Yep, there is a PF Chang's. Mm-hmm. One PF Chang's. It is one. <laughs> just one. That's all we need. <laughs> and it's on a an odd street name called Great, Great New Point Newport Street. But I was explaining we have lots of streets in the UK that have a great at the beginning great marlborough street that's so weird great portland street (laughs) just great (laughs) then there's the famous olive garden we do not have olive garden (laughs) neither do we want olive garden anywhere outside of the united states california pizza kitchen again we do not have california pizza kitchen outside of california hard rock cafe Hard Rock Cafe is a global brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember they we had Hard Rock, Hard Rock Cafe in, I think, 2000. They launched it with all the supermodels. Okay. Um, back in the day, it was supposed to be a trendy place to be, but mm-hmm. it's kind of phased out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we've already spoken about Red Lobster. And then... No Red Lobster. No Red Lobster. And then there's a steakhouse that i was going to mention which is um ruth chris steakhouse. nope nope not global brands um and i that's what i'm saying i think it's really interesting having both of our perspectives on a show like this yeah for sure and having conversations like this because we learn new stuff all the time i mean yeah if it's and- not eggnog it's faggots <laughs> <laughs> if it's you know <laughs> We're learning all corners of the food industry. But, um, so it's, classic. It's interesting. Yes. And the menu, it literally said classic faggots served. Yeah. With spring vegetables and creamy <laughs> mashed potatoes. Uh, and that's what my guests will be eating at my, my event this weekend in the United Kingdom. So At a castle. 
yeah it's gorgeous um, yeah one thing I'll say, give me your money and I will spend it wisely. <laughs> <laughs> I will find you the good stuff. That's actually a great segue as you're planning this event. Yes. We go to dinner with groups of people all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And what is your experience or what's your idea of when you go in a group Yep. and it's time to pay? This is such an interesting subject. I know, right? Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting subjects for me because I hate going to dinner, ironically. I think you know this anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a fan of going to restaurants anymore because I just have such a bad time. And I She think does. It's, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's uncanny. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, it, either she's voodooed or plagued <laughs> <laughs> because... Either something goes wrong, something will start off so great mm-hmm. and then end so wrong. But then when she gets home, she has a bad stomach ache or can't sleep or toss in a turn. Like, and then I'll wake up to a text message saying, hey, love, I'm sorry, but I had the stomach flu or I just wasn't <laughs> feeling well. It's like, what the hell? It's like, how many times must this happen? All the time. So <laughs> just, just come to terms with the fact, eat in my house. Because right. it, it I'll doesn't, make it myself. I'll make it myself. But we'll come back to that because that, <clears throat> that's going to be in our to bite down or not to bite down mm-hmm. uh, section. But how do I feel about group dinners and when the bill comes? Um, I always have the, the thought process of it depends on who your friends are. Sure. and. Do you know all of your friends that are at this dinner? Like, is this a group of all of your friends or is this someone's birthday where Mm -hmm. they've got a mixed bag of people that you don't know? Um, And I've been to parties where there is an interesting (laughs) diversity and unusual behavior that happens with strangers. Um, I was sat opposite a couple at a good friend of mine's birthday dinner Mm -hmm. who were for some reason telling me that when they go to dinners like this, they order as many things on the menu as possible and as many drinks <laughs> because they know everyone else is going to split the bill. Yeah, he's not paying for it full boat. And I'm like, you do realize I'm one of the other people <laughs> who have to pay your bill. <laughs> and I tell you, this man ordered a tomahawk steak, like 10 cocktails. It was ridiculous. But i don't know for me it depends on the group if i'm with my friends we're all having a great evening split the bill couldn't care less Mm -hmm. if i'm with a bunch of people i don't know i usually just tell the server at the beginning i'm my own separate entity no one needs to know (laughs) (laughs) i've actually had um a friend sneak away from the table yeah and say hey um excuse me i need to go to the restroom yes and then hijack the waiter on the way and say, hey, let me pay for my portion now. Yeah. Just so that there's no misconceptions or the idea of paying for more than you actually... I mean, it's that thing though, isn't it? Is that people... No one wants to really No one pay really for wants it. to split the bill. Like, come, yeah. I mean, there are some groups of people where you just don't <clears throat> care, but most people, even if you do split the bill, you've already done the mental calculation of I ate 22... Point ninety five pence of chicken <laughs> and salad. Why am I paying thirty eight dollars for something? Mm-hmm. And I know I ate. So you'll pay the thirty eight, but you're secretly in your mind really angry about that extra sixteen dollars that you just paid. Low key, yeah, for sure. 
But, you know, it for me, it's company. It's, you know, am I having a nice time? Yes, yeah, the um, ambiance of it's it. It's the ambiance of things. But it, it really mainly is the company. If I know you, you're my people. We split the bill. We live well. We live like kings. We yeah. eat. We, we split feast. the bill. But, yeah, we split we split the bill from the day we met, actually. Yeah, from the very beginning. The very first... <laughs> oh, story time. So, the very first day that Chef Marcus and I met... Um, no, no, take that back, actually. Not <laughs> not the very first time. Yeah, because no. the first time I met with Chef Marcus, he chose for us to meet at a... Uh, what do you call those places where it's like a... It was, it was called Grand Central Station, downtown LA. Yeah. Which is like a warehouse of different types of eatery. Yeah, it's like a food court, but yeah, fancier. And we met right in front of Egg Slut. Yeah. So you've asked to meet me as a chef at the food <laughs> establishment in the morning. I love breakfast. We're meeting it right in front of Egg Slut. And then, you know, we don't eat <laughs> in our first meeting because he tells me he's fasting. Um, yeah, it was Ramadan. And I'm not Muslim, but... I lived in the UAE and the Middle East, and I kind of picked up some things that I brought back to the U.S. Which is great, but don't starve your new food mate on a first date. Um, but then the second time we met, uh, I think we were having... We are at the Soho House. We were at Soho House having terrible service and terrible food, but nonetheless, we were at Soho House. And no House. tea kettles. No tea kettles. And um, when the bill came, Chef Marcus did that classic alpha man thing where he just pays, grabs the check. And I looked at him like, <laughs> relax, buddy. We're not on a date. <laughs> You're not my sugar daddy. Yeah. And um, we'll just split the bill. And he was staring at me like, wow. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked because one, I, I felt that way anyway. But because, you know, I asked for... The meeting, I was willing to, you know, cover the bill. Hmm. I feel like the at the point that someone starts off with, "Hey, can I take you somewhere?" Right. Then the onus is on that person from the invitation perspective. I agree, though, because I used to say that if someone invites me on a date and mm -hmm. you're asking me to come out to a place, you pick a restaurant, you've invited me out, so right. yeah, you should pay for dinner. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, I'm also, I'm not, again, we've had an episode, I'm not a strong black woman. I'm not always going <laughs> to pay for everything. <laughs> but, you know, please buy me nice food when you can, people. I, I do <laughs> talk accept, to me nice. Talk to me nice. I do accept <laughs> nice food and nice drinks. But I don't immediately have an expectation just because you have um, different genitalia to me that you should pay for my things. Well said. Yeah. Well said. All the all the women out there that is expecting for the man to pay, I don't think that that portion of it is fair. I think no, that... I don't. And I think I think a lot of the time we're <clears throat> dating and um, just the world that we live in now is people want to experience all the things that they see online. So they want to take fabulous pictures and right. some of these incredible restaurants to say that they've been. Yep. In a normal day and time, they would never have been to these restaurants. They have no idea who the chef is. They don't know what any of the great... <laughs> they never know who the chef is. They don't know anything yeah. about the menu. They don't know anything about the history of the cuisine. They don't know anything. They just know that this picture is going to be fire on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> and, ooh, I'm Tag, TikTok. likes, yeah. follows. 
I'm TikToking in the bathroom while, you know, my food's been on the table for 10 minutes, mm -hmm. losing its deliciousness. But I think it's that, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a balance, but I don't think that, and same thing for men, I don't think that the expectation should be on the female to pay regardless on what you think about, you know, where she comes from, how deep her pockets are yeah. or any of that. I think that there should be a nice conversation that is had in the beginning so yes. that everybody knows exactly what's happening and what's going on and yeah. what's to be expected. Question. Yo. Let's stay, stay around dating and experience. I'm not even just dating, mm -hmm. but do you care about what you're wearing when you go out for dinner and that's not to say some restaurants have dress codes and there's you know there's not much you can do about that but outside of those restaurants which is the majority do you care about what you wear and is what you wear based on the experience or the expectation of what you think is required of you how do you choose to dress to dine mm. I think it's a it's a combination of both because mm -hmm. I think it's the expectation of the person or people that you are around. Mm -hmm. And then I also think that it's the expectation of the experience that you think is going to happen at this establishment. OK, so good one is like <clears throat> Nobu, for example, mm -hmm. Nobu, high end sushi, global <laughs> Noble Noble is a global brand. Eatery, yet often frequented by most, you know, young entertainers and celebs. Yeah. How um, would you dress to go to Nobu? I think a whatever your swag is kind of fits that particular bill. I think it's a elaborate a a, a, a casual slick nothing about nobu looks casual which is why i think it's really interesting but like up like nobu is is but you designed to, to be like an upscale experience yet it's frequented by people in especially in la of sweatpants but see that's tank the, also, tops and yeah and i'm like but that's the caliber of as far, as far as like the type of money that you have because I, I do feel like once you uh, have established yourself as a particular person of means mm. i think that there's a mindset of i can dress however way i want to okay. the only thing that matters is if i can pay for it or not and how do you dress chef marcus aka black sorrow <laughs> <laughs> um if i was going to nobu i would probably put on some um some really nice jeans mm -hmm. a nice shirt and uh, you know, some form of a blazer or, or a sweater jacket or something like that. Something that was that one that spoke to my style, but then also didn't, you know, if I was to meet anybody there, I wouldn't feel embarrassed that I was dressed, you know, down. Mm -hmm. I would definitely dress, dress up, not, okay. but, but not in the suit, but just elevate the, the dress code a bit. You know, it's also, I mean, for the amount of money that you're spending at Nobu, mm -hmm. you should kind of, you know, match that. Why, though? 
This is why I think it's like experience, perception, the, expectation. Yeah, it's that, it's that it's, weird thing because it's, for me, you if you play golf, there is a dress code that you must wear. Very particular items to play golf. You go to some country clubs or some hotel establishments that have, you know, great restaurants in there. There is a dress code. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going to an incredible restaurant, why, why does it matter? Does it matter? I, I think it depends on which lens you're viewing it. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're looking at it from the restaurant owner, the restaurant wants to captivate a particular experience and mood and and set that tone mm-hmm. right and then also higher end dress code also starts to eliminate those that you know or not necessarily eliminates um, but it starts to dictate who shows up and who doesn't very clearly mm-hmm. because some people like to dress up and i'm not talking about classes or anything like that but yeah. some people like to dress up and some people just, you know, do not. They want to dress down. They like to feel I the casual I am very rock. much a, I dress however I feel in the morning. If I want to wear a ball gown, I'm going to. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. So, all right, just, just a, a quick segue. My birthday dinner, which you were at. Yes. We had a quick conversation, and you sent me a text message saying that you were going to wear a veil. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. And I was like, a veil? I was like, she's not wearing no damn veil. Sure enough, she shows up in this veil that matched Fabulous everything. It veil. was. It, like, I had one lens of what a veil was going to look like, and mm. I thought wedding gown. Veil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like flashbacks of horror. Right. It's just, you know, little shimmers. You can barely see through it. No, but it was, it was dope. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always been like that. You know, I just feel like you, individuality is just so far away from where we are as a culture right now. So for me, I wear what I want to wear any time, any place, unless there is a really distinct dress code. Have you ever been turned away based off of the way that you were dressed trying to get into a, a restaurant? No. Okay. So this is interesting because, so... As I'm, you know, transitioning and moving to Dallas, I was introduced to this one restaurant called Kitchen and Cocktails. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a black owned establishment. The food is soul food. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he wanted a, a upscale soul food experience. So back in the day when you dressed up to go to church and you came into a particular restaurant to enjoy yourself. This is where he wanted it, but the music that he plays there is classic hip-hop. It's a very casual and comfortable vibe at this place. And people were showing up however way they wanted to or however way they felt comfortable, and he flagged all of it. And put on the website an actual dress code that I find absolutely hilarious. What is his dress code? It says, we are enforcing a dress code disallowing guests from appearing in tank tops, flip-flops, slides, regardless of the brand, 
clothes with explicit attire, sagging, some body suits, jerseys, and attire that does not meet K&K expectations. Oh, I think I heard about this. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was like a a story that was around. Oh, last yeah, this was year. a thing. Yeah, yeah TMZ, I, I like yeah. all of it was. It was. It was quite splashy. My thing is like, <laughs> yes, you don't necessarily want to be eating you know dinner with your family and then you know someone's bottom crack or yeah. breasts or something is just visible and distracting you from your meal but then i equally feel like i hope your staff's uniforms are immaculate yeah, i but- hope they are well-groomed people that are carrying around and serving my food let the swing doors of the kitchen open and let me see apocalypse now in the kitchen right <laughs> <laughs> you know i just it's not warranted i think you know it's it's I feel some kind of way. Sometimes I hate when I go to establishments and I'm, I'm looking at the staff like, you have got to be kidding right. me. You demand this from me and this is what you're giving me here on a day-to-day basis. Now, no bueno. as a woman, he also, even though that he has that blurb up yeah. front, he also has one specifically for women. I mean, as you should, because, you know, women are extra. We right. have extra things that are more visible than men. Do you think that this is extra or right on par? It says no bonnets, no revealing attire. Yep. Excessive cleavage. Yep. Short shorts, etc. Yeah, because women are not high, not all women are clean. Like I am terrified <laughs> of women's restrooms, bathrooms, toilets, whatever you want to call it. To TMI, I have been into a women's restroom and there has been blood on the toilet seat Ew. you know that women are nasty i've said i say this all the time women are not all women are hygienic so if a woman is sitting there in like cut off cut off booty shorts where you can see her butt cheeks at the bottom mm. at the back of the shorts yeah juices are flowing from other parts of her body and they're going to be on the chair <laughs> and i don't want that while i'm having my dinner thank you cover your cheeks facts now for the men i actually agree with with this particular list mm. it says no ball caps. No, no what? Ball caps. What is that? A baseball hat. Ball caps. Yeah, ball caps. No ball caps. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, like basketball caps. Okay, yeah. I think Chef Mark has been speaking to me in a whole other language <laughs> all day. So I'm having to just check myself. It sounds simple, but it's not. He said to me earlier, can you just give me three fives? So I was like, <laughs> okay, so you need 15 minutes. And he was like, no. I said, huh? You just asked me for three fives. He goes, yeah, I just need five minutes. I goes, but you asked for three of them. <laughs> five, five, five is 15. <laughs> I, I meant to say three, two, five, but I was moving too quickly. Th- three, two, five? Like three to five minutes. I just need three to five minutes. Killing me, people. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So no ball caps. No ball caps. No do-rags. Stocking caps. Yeah, same no, as a bonnet. Yeah, no hoodies. No beanies. Hang on. No hoodie because you don't want me to put the hood on my head or no hoodie because you just don't want me to wear a sweatshirt. I think it's more so the sweatshirt. Okay. Yeah. Because I think if you came in there with a a swinked out, you know, um, cashmere sweater with a hood attached to it, it would be fine. Still a hoodie though. It's still a hoodie. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Tricky. Slippery slope. Subjective. Yeah. no beanies, no slides, no basketball shorts, and no Birkenstocks or Crocs. <laughs> but you know, I I 
have an issue with that when I see people um You have talk an issue about, with the list or you have an issue with, with people the Birkenstocks. Wearing Crocs? No, I have an issue with Birkenstocks in general because I feel like some men want to show their toes and some men should show their toes more often. I feel like men's feet are always closed up. Yeah, because most women's men's toes feet are, trash. are always out wild, and a lot of women's toes are trash. So <laughs> <laughs> why is it that I can wear stilettos with all my toes dragging on the floor? <laughs> the corns, the bunions, the dry skin flaking off the back of my open toe shoes, but you don't want a man to wear a Birkenstock to let his foot breathe. I don't think that's fair. Huh. I don't I don't think any human on this planet should wear crocs. I think everyone should wear crocs. <laughs> <laughs> When I first saw them, I was like, mm, these weird looking hospital They're horrible. shoes. Yeah. But then I bought some and I get it. Like it's, it makes sense. They're comfortable. They're ugly. And I would not be decorating them with trinkets and <laughs> stuff oh, all over them. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're super comfortable, washable, kick about shoes that allow your feet to breathe because <laughs> self-care is a must. <laughs> it is. And I, sure. you know, I hate feet, but I also want my feet to look nice. So, I mean, the the place itself, again, Southern food, yep. if you're into that, then this is your spot. If you're not into it and you are trying to eat healthy, you can forget about it. Yeah, I, I must say, I, I, I don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian, so I don't really get to enjoy the soul food culture here mm-hmm. too much because everything has some kind of an animal in there. You, you know, the rice has turkey necks in there. There's someone in there. There's someone in. <laughs> There's someone in there. Someone's in the vegetable. <laughs> someone's in the greens. So usually I only end up being able to eat cornbread. So soul food for me doesn't really do it for me. And, you know, candied yams like we talked about a couple of episodes ago is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a note from me. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely float, you know, closer to the pescatarian side of things as well. And I, when I ate there, mm. I had the, um, the grits mm-hmm. and catfish. Yeah. Again, guys, catfish is not <laughs> a globally available food item. <laughs> no, it's not. It's so, like, I've never seen so much catfish in my life <laughs> until I came to Los Angeles. In America, I'm just like... It's like a standard menu item. I don't think I've ever seen catfish in a grocery store or on a menu in the UK. I'm sure mm. they have pro- probably does exist somewhere, but it's not a common fish. No, like it's not it is a common here. fish. No, especially yeah. once you leave the States. Yeah. Not at all. But because of, I, you know, I don't like soul food, I've tried to transition to sticking to my roots and having Jamaican food. Um, yeah, no. Um, What's your favorite? There uh, is no favorite Jamaican. No, favorite no Jamaican? there is no favorite Jamaican oh. restaurant on. Please, is this mic on? Just so we're very clear, <laughs> there is not one good Jamaican restaurant in Los Angeles, California. Don't come for me. Don't at me. <laughs> don't tag me in any more to try. I have tried plenty. I will not try any more. Trash, trash. You had a birthday. Yeah. Since I'm a real friend. Yes. And who did remember your birthday. Yes. The day I came back. And I took her out to this restaurant. You did. And the restaurant is called um, Meteora. 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 Yes. And it's an incredible fusion of 
things. Yeah. It's I a think very it, it natural. It reminds me of um, being in a cocoon. You know, as you approach the door, aesthetically, <laughs> it's unusual. It looks like a bird's nest. Nobody knows how to open the door. Do you no touch the nest? Exactly. Do you, will the nest come to you? Like, it's this weird moment where you're like, will someone help me? And then what? <laughs> people usually watch people struggling and then they open the door for you. But when you walk in, it, it feels like you've walked inside someone's womb or a cocoon. Yeah, because the door is a bunch of branches mm -hmm. that cover the entire door that doesn't have a formal handle no. to it. And it's a swing door. So you just have to kind of you know, figure it out. They're also burning sage at the door um, as you enter. <laughs> so uh -huh. it's a bit, it's a bit like, ooh, it was a bit eerie. Um, and as you walk in, it's got like a really beautiful feel of, you know, concrete, really nice lines and curves with the concrete, but it's also incredibly green. Um, yeah. It is, it's stunning. It's a stunning space. It is a stunning space. Yeah. The experience of the ambiance, as soon as you walk in, it is filled with all of these earthy, Yes. tones and natural woods and cream color and yeah. the greenery from the plants and shrubs and herbs Beautiful. And, yeah it's pretty nice um it was, and then <laughs> was, <laughs> before we get to the event um created by michelin star chef jordan khan um the place is a holistic restaurant experience that takes diners on a multi-sensory journey through nature, creativity, and discovery. Does it do what it says on the tin? Um, no. And now you've said that, and I'm hearing that for the first time. I think there's a lot more they could have done to make it multi-sensory. Sure, but it's also like the the nature part of it mm. comes through a hundred percent. Yeah, it it was it's a stunning space. If you can check out Meteora just to touch the bird nest door. Um, yeah, or not hear people walk. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought that people were floating through the space because the uh, material of the actual floor doesn't emit any sounds from any heels no. of any sort. So, you don't hear any click clack. You don't. You know, which Marcus is... <laughs> was like... I think there's some, they've done something to their shoes. It's like their shoes are made of cotton. <laughs> I'm like looking at everyone's shoes. And some of the guys had on Birkenstocks, closed toe Birkenstocks. But it was very like floating, feather, glide yeah. through. Um, great, you know, server uniforms. Like everyone looks nice. Everyone looks. Yeah. Everyone looks great. And the service was one point from for a point of time yes, for a point of time yes. i agree with that but as far as them being knowledgeable about oh yeah everything on the menu and knowledgeable about so there was there was one person that would come in take your order and then another person would come and deliver it now normally the first person that would take the order will remember the people at the table and remember what items belong to who. But it's rare to have another person that shows up at the table and gets all of those things right. So the notes that were taken just to make sure that everybody got what they needed versus the waiter coming back and saying, uh, who ordered the... Yeah, but then that's... My thing is, you've got one job. <laughs> that's, that I, I don't want to praise you as a waiter. There were only three of us. If yeah. you can't remember what three people ordered <laughs> and the order of who ordered what, 
this isn't the job for you. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It was it, there was two separate people going back and forth that did not take the order, so they wouldn't that, know who. Doesn't who's matter. Who's, sure. And, I, and they I, might I have that. a system where they've got an you know uh, a table pattern that they all yeah. follow, yeah, which would true. make would make really good sense. But um. It was beautiful. I was really excited. They brought me, you know, there was an envelope on the table waiting for me. Mm. Um, beautiful rose gold envelope with a letter inside that said happy birthday. And I was very excited. Um, and then we, it was a five course tasting menu. Yeah, it was a five course tasting yeah. menu. So I believe during the week um, they offer a, a more a la carte experience. But on Fridays and Saturdays, I think they offer a chef's tasting menu, yeah. um, which gives you Five courses, including land and sea, mm-hmm. um, and a dessert. There's kind of one dessert at the end. Yeah, so, so that I I was. Yeah. I wish there was more. There should have been more choice. Yeah. yeah. So first course was um, a red sea bream. Was a red sea bream um, that was kind of like in a sashimi style. Mm-hmm. It had a really interesting uh, sauce that went with it mm-hmm. it was very beautifully presented and we were we were all pretty okay with what we had we were like this is a good start yeah i thought my restaurant jinx was over <laughs> <laughs> and then the second course came it burnt ham i mean was, yam you know it was ironic because we were always talking about yams it feels like but it, it was a burnt yam that mm-hmm. also had trout row and all these like incredibly sounding strange ingredients yeah but probably was one of the best things i've eaten in the last year it was it was stunning how they cooked the yams how they got the yams to be uh as burnt and crispy yet creamy and And soft in the middle like it was was beautiful phenomenal beautiful phenomenal like didn't want it to end and like so much so that I, I, I sat there and started studying and started Googling how the hell did the chef pull this off? Because yeah. I've never seen a burnt yam ever. I've yeah. eaten yams, you know, all the time. But, you know, presented in this particular way was classic. And then the burnt, the like it was black burnt, like mm. crispy. And it didn't taste like ash. No, phenomenal. Like it was perfect. Chef Marcus is Googling like burnt yams. And I, was, <laughs> I was ordering trout roe because I realized I really like trout roe. <laughs> so I was like, mm, be having trout roe rest of the week. Yeah. Um, third course was... The prawn. Yes, was prawns. Yeah. Um, and this, was, this is when things started to get a bit weird. Um, they were served on a um, hot stone. Served on a hot stone. Yeah. The accompaniment was um, like a lettuce wrap. It was a let- piece of lettuce yep. that had a little bit of a paste, a spicy paste um, in the middle of it. And mm-hmm. then you take your... It was a peppercorn paste. Peppercorn paste, yeah. Yep. And then you take your prawn off the rock, <laughs> put your prawn in the lettuce and eat. It's a bit difficult to take the prawns off the rock because... I say the most unusual thing about this restaurant is their choice of cutlery. Yeah. For the first three courses of this dish, it was just like Viking fork. And they were wooden. They were wooden Viking yeah, forks wooden and forks. spoons <laughs> that don't pierce the flesh of anything. <laughs> they just—it's like Flintstone. Yeah. Flintstone cutlery. Aesthetically, um, it was nice. <laughs> yes. But 
effectively it, it, didn't, it didn't work do at all. anything you yeah. didn't pick anything up it was, it was not very good <laughs> so most people were fingering these prawns off <laughs> off the rocks into their lettuce um and it was you know it was there it was all right it was prawn and a lettuce it wasn't anything phenomenal for me yeah um, no i i agree with that and it was you know very salty it was extremely salty really salty but Everyone else at the tables wasn't salty. Mine was really salty. So yeah. I always make sure now that I just don't want to be seen as the person that's always complaining. So I always <laughs> make everybody taste everything I'm suffering through. <laughs> so, she was telling the truth. It yeah. was hers were it was ex- extremely salty. Like it, it, it should have been sent back. Yep. It should have been sent back. But it wasn't because sure. I was hungry. Mm-hmm. So I ate the salty shrimp. Yep. Okay, prawn. And then the fourth course. Yes. Was so your that's option where you get protein. to choose. Yep. So yeah. two of us at the table chose bass. Yeah, the Pacific Strip bass. Uh, Chef Mark has had. I had the Wagyu. Yes. The Wagyu Wagyu yes. rib cap. And this is where it all went bad, guys. It is. <laughs> so. This is crazy. It shouldn't have gone bad, but yeah. it did. It went bad. So this bass comes. In a beautiful black bowl. <laughs> and they've stuck, you know, slices of radish on the bowl that almost look like um, the sucky parts of an octopus. <laughs> it's kind of octopusy, styly bowl decoration with a smear of this black paste. Uh-huh. What was the black paste? The black paste was um, smoked chilies mixed in with burnt plantains that dish tasted burnt um but you know i was like uh, optimistic <laughs> you know everything so far had been good mm-hmm. and went to cut my fish and it, it you know the skin itself looked like it was supposed to be crispy it was supposed to be crispy it was supposed to be mm-hmm. um the skin decided it wasn't going to be cut it wouldn't pull apart and the elasticity of the skin <laughs> was just like, yeah, it's a no. Like, this this isn't going to work. Plus, I was also really annoyed in that my friend who's sitting next to me with the same dish got one beautiful piece of fish. My fish was broken. <laughs> <laughs> my fish was broken into pieces. And I'm like, someone still gave me the broken <laughs> fish in, in this type of establishment? Yeah, this establishment should have served a whole fish. Yeah. Yeah, versus a broken, um, couple broken pieces. Michelin is not giving you a star for broken fish. Yeah, no, not at all. So, not at all. You know, I felt some kind of way about the broken fish and the stretchy skin. And um, I asked for my fish to be redone. Send it back. Send it back. <laughs> um, and, you know, oh, they picked it up and they hurried away and they went in the kitchen. Um, and then they came back with another piece of fish. And um, made it way too goddamn fast like i was surprised when they came back out and the fish was done yeah. with inside of like five minutes now yeah. i know how long fish take in their particular process to one banana wrap this fish but then also make sure that the skin was supposed to be crispy but it wasn't they reversed the process yeah. and they brought it back out so quick that i attempted to cut into my fish attempted uh, I could not. She could not. As the fish was raw. It was raw. Cue Gordon Ramsay. Ladies and gentlemen, at no point should you be eating raw fish that is supposed to be cooked unless you are at a sushi establishment and that yeah. is the way that it's supposed to be 
served. But the thing that I think that hurt my feelings the most is, you know, we obviously flagged that the fish is raw. You can see the fish is raw. You can see that I stick my knife into it and it's completely pink in the middle. And I expected when they took it back to the kitchen to hear somebody make some kind of a... Yeah, the chef should have ah! been furious. <laughs> like, I wanted some kind of rage. Yeah. Like, same customer, second fish dish back. What are we doing, guys? Nothing. Yeah, the Silence. Gordon Ramsay voice should have came out for Nothing sure. Nothing came. Yeah. All that came was a very sweet little lady that <laughs> glided across the floor to tell us that it wasn't raw and that it was what, Chef Marcus? It was the veins of this particular fish that was showing red and the fish was properly prepared, which it wasn't. It was lies. <laughs> they lied to us. They tried to trick us and spoon feed us, but they didn't know that we were chefs sitting at the table. And, <laughs> and I love it because Chef Marcus is like, can you get me the manager, please? <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I, yeah, I had to. And, and we sent that shit back and... Um, they were trying to make good, which they should have, and try to, um, you know, figure out how to appease. Yes. So then they said to me, you know, because it's a tasting menu, and they're obviously very limited in terms of what they have available, so I can only really choose things on the menu that I've either had before right. in the other courses, um, because there's nothing else in the kind of fourth course that was outside of the back. Especially from a seafood perspective. No, there was, there was one fish option. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going back to the yams. I'm going to have another <laughs> yam, please. Because that was my favorite. Right. So I'm excited. They're excited that I found something I want to eat. And they disappear into the kitchen and come back with the smallest, blackest piece of yam. And it didn't Ever. even look like the same dish. No, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> And then was served with um, vegan butter. They served me a vegan butter black yam ball with no trout roe, none of the other ingredients that existed in the first one. So yeah. then she comes over like, is everything all right? And I'm like, this is not even the same dish. It wasn't even close. That I ate 25 minutes ago. <laughs> and she's like, this is our popular dish. And then she looks in the bowl and she, you know that look where they know that they messed up that you yeah. messed up but you're not gonna say that you messed up so she's just like i honestly don't know what's happened today i wish i could go in the kitchen and cook it myself but i cannot um i can though offer you some bubbly yes the bubbly now i i when she said bubbly normally when you say bubbly it is you know high-end champagne, champagne. Yes. yeah so, you know bring the bubbles to me i will drink the bubbles and enjoy and Give me enough bubbles and I'm going to forget, forget that I everything, had a bad right? <laughs> this lady comes to the table with rosé sparkling wine. Yeah. <sighs> like 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 we said, it 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 tumbleweed down after the um, the second course. Yeah. I don't I can't I can't explain it. It just and even the serving got pretty bad because, you know, the server would ask you, "How's your meal?" You'd answer him and he would ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic like you ask him a question and he just ignored you and and he also swore when he was speaking to us which i thought was just the biggest faux pas ever yeah if you're speaking to restaurant guests you can't be dropping f-bombs casually while you're talking casually. to me at work like do better so do better and then we come to the fifth course oh, the God. dessert which was you know i was i was <laughs> I was overwhelmed at um, the name of this course because I asked Chef Marcus, do you like tiger nuts? 
And um, <laughs> another thing, like, you know, faggots. He was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, do you like tiger nut milk? And he was, you know, looking at me quite perplexed. I said, like, well, that's what dessert is. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a um, frozen candy cap that had tiger nut. Say that three times. I know, right? Um, they had tiger nut mousse um, infused with roasted pecans, um, crispy, sun-choked, and aged rum. Now, I didn't taste any of the rum. The formation of this particular frozen candy cap um, and I also had um, coconut, but the formation of it, it looked presentable. Like, it did. I, Not I, phenomenal, but no, presentable. It was definitely presentable. Um, the plating was, was okay, but the taste of it, like, we we sent it back. We didn't even eat it. And I love dessert. That was the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the best thing to end the course with. But, you know, not to have a good dessert. It's just everything just kind of fell flat. I was not happy. And I also feel like when you see a table of people who don't eat your dessert, and they all just said, you didn't enjoy it. And we said, no. And they said, okay. All right, carry on. <laughs> like, we like, need this table. Huh? <laughs> and it was like, and then the bill came. So, yeah, I don't want to eat out. And that's my first dining experience of 2023. Yeah. And I will say ambiance, company, ambiance, 8 out of 10. Company, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but the food was three. Let me give it three out of 10. So, given it a three out of 10... And given what this show is about and informing our listeners on whether or not they should bite down or not, what's your take? Do not bite down. Mm. Um, Don't bite down. Uh, They're not consistent. It's just the quality for me. You cannot give me a dish I love 20 minutes earlier and then ruin two other dishes that I'm having. So I go back to that one and it doesn't even resemble what I was just raving about. Yeah. Like it's the same day guys. It can't be that bad. Yeah. I'm and it can't be that bad for one guest. <laughs> like, why me? So right now I'm, I'm on the fence on whether or not you should um, bite down or not. But I'll say this on this particular menu you should not bite down. On the restaurant as a whole, they have some interesting things on their menu that served, you know, during the week that I was, you know, interested to, you know, check out. I kind of want to go back to check that out before I give 100%, you know, you should not bite down in this place. For me, do not bite down. <laughs> um, but do have their cocktails. They had a really interesting... Yeah, the cocktails um, were, were... Natural theme. There were yeah. lots of sugar cane infused cocktails They're that all I really natural. liked. They were They're not very sweet. beautiful. Yeah. And very beautiful. Like all of their... Their crockery and glassware and everything was very pretty. Yeah, aesthetically, um, they're on point. Very, very nice. Except yeah. the wooden Viking Flintstone <laughs> spoons. But they did switch them out by the fourth course. Because if I tried to cut my uncooked bass with that wooden fork... It would never happen. I mean, it never happened with the metal one. So. <laughs> Check, please. Follow us on all social media channels at Bite Down Podcast and at the house of flavor and that's f-l-a-v-r don't forget to show us some insta love and follow chef m at i cook by color and me at m-s-s-a-f-f-y-m-a-e